music. It means only one thing. Yes. It's the Soybean Fest Podcast. September. Pests. Hi, Matt. Hi, Aaron. How are you? I'm okay. It's right before the holidays, so I'm just trying to, you know, check my list, checking wrap, it twice. Wrap stuff up. Or mostly on the naughty list, so, oh, yeah. you know, well, yes. You've been good. Mm. You had a productive year. Mm. Sure. Uh, sure. Oh, come on. So much has happened since, I, I don't even remember the last time I talked to you on this. We did a recap of your trip to Brazil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So between then and now, there's ESA. National meeting. International meeting in Vancouver, Canada. Mm-hmm. That was lovely. Yeah. How'd your uh, your thing go? You had a big thing. You I had a, a thing? thing. You did your um, share maker, share market. Share fair. Share fair. Mm-hmm. I follow everything you do. Yeah, I had I organized a workshop in Vancouver called the Extension Etymology Share Fair, and I co-organized that with Brian McCornack. He's a uh, on faculty at Kansas State. And we had maybe a couple hundred people go through wow. in about two-ish hours. Wow. Some hands-on activities for those folks who want to be more hands-on in their extension program. That's like 50 people an hour. You can do math. <laughs> That's mm. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was a success. I mean, I was on one side of the workshop, so I'm not sure from a participant perspective, but I think it was a successful event. We, uh, I think, took advantage of some of your share fair wares, share fair wares, at uh, an event here at the new Advanced Teaching Research Building. Last week, we had representatives from the Iowa Soybean Association come through. What share fair did you did you use? Well, uh, we pulled out some of your swag. Is that fair to say? Mm-mm. You didn't have any of your swag in Vancouver from the share fair. Yeah. Because one of the not things that for, went over... Not for the event. No? Oh. I think you're thinking of ICM conference. Mm. Were they red tech tacos? The tech tacos were noted, mm-hmm. and people were wondering about those. But yeah. the one that went over really well by the um, members of ISA were the um, ice scrapers. Yeah, that was uh, ICM last year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, were, mm-hmm. they were pretty keen. I can them. do a lot of swag, that's for sure. You've got swag for days. Mm. So much swag. Yeah. Yeah, so that was another thing that happened. Um, we're coming up on nine months in this building, and they, um, is that right? We moved in in... I moved in in May. May. So I think you moved in later. A little bit later. No, yeah. Not even nine months. Mm-mm. Halfway there. Yeah. But anyway, um, the uh, building that we're in now has a lobby uh, in honor of the Iowa Soybean Association, and they had a big naming event. Anyway, they came through and... Like the handout. What was really interesting about that was prepping all the material that we shared with the members as they gave tours, and uh, we ended up having something like between the two of us, uh, six, seven handouts that just describe different projects that involve soybeans and not just soybean aphids, although that was a big one. That was cool. And while we, we work were, a lot with soybean, that's yeah, for sure. And while we were there, uh, showing all our soybean aphid stuff. Uh, some of the people in the audience that were passing through the tours said, what's this I hear about midges? Mm-hmm. There was a lot of questions about midges. Oh. 
Good. And I said, oh, you have come to the right place because... Just the wrong time. I couldn't be there. You can't be in two places at once. No. You were up in Minnesota. Yep. At their short course giving a presentation. Were you talking about midges there? No. Oh. Uh, but Justin McMacken from Nebraska was. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, did you learn anything? Did I learn anything about what? From Justin that you didn't Oh, I didn't hear his presentation. Oh. Yeah. Um, you might be wondering, why am I so interested in midges? Because Iowa Soybean Association is interested in midges? That's what I assume. Soybean farmers are interested in midges? Mm -hmm. But did you know? Mm -mm. Midges are in the news. Okay. Midges are making news. Okay, tell me. Not just in Iowa. Yeah? Uh, I got all excited about this this morning. You know, my, I, I walk around the house uh, with my uh, phone on um, without headphones, just, you know, the speaker. My mm -hmm. wife calls it the chatterbox because I like to listen to the NPR. Well, this morning on all, no, not all things, on, on um, morning edition, they did a, a, a report on midges okay. causing problems in Antarctica. Mm. So it turns out there's a midge that has been showing, uh, that was brought to Antarctica as part of an experiment. And they just, I, if I understood the report right, they just wanted to see how well this critter could survive in, in extreme conditions. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks to climate change, <laughs> things aren't as extreme as it used to be. And this critter is doing very well mm -hmm. and like, like kind of taking over these little islands. Uh, it's a gall midge? No, uh, it's a midge that feeds on um, moss. And there's- Is it a sacedomite? They said midge, they said midge. I'm not gonna second guess. Okay, no, that, it's a midge. I mean, there's lots of midges in the world. Yeah. I just didn't know if they- No, they, did, they oh, did not okay. describe in detail. Uh, I'll send you the link to um, the- There's 6,000 6, species in that family. So, 6, I mean, there's just a lot of variability uh -huh. within the midge world, yeah. And they feed but on, there's some that live in Antarctica. Yeah, well, they do now mm -hmm. uh, because they describe them as an invasive. And um, well, I would assume so. Yeah. 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 But they feed off the moss, so yeah. they're herbivore, but they're not a golf forming. No, not a. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, they didn't. They didn't go into detail. They did not specifically mm -hmm. describe it as a golf forming midge. Do, are, of the six thousand midges, how many form galls? All of them, or? Well, they. It's it's that family is called gall midges, but. You know, they'd all be herbivores, but the level at which, like, we would think of, like, a gall, uh -huh. like an abnormal growth of the plant is variable. Because sometimes it's just, a, like, a distortion of the of around the feeding area. So, I, I mean, I'm not a midge expert, but I just didn't know if it was in that family or something yeah, else. They, I don't... Uh, like, there's fungus gnats and things like that, you know, that are kind of closely related to these, so I'm not sure. They, they said midge repeatedly, mm -hmm. and when they interviewed the experts, they used the word midge. Mm -hmm. uh, is mid, so midge is the, is that the I don't think that's a common for Cecilomyids? I think so. Okay. Interesting. I don't know. I have to maybe have Greg Courtney give us a taxonomy. Oh, that would be an excellent podcast. Yeah. He's an interesting guy. Yeah, yeah he is. And he what get... better to talk about midge taxonomy for an hour for some of our listeners? A whole hour of midge mm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Let's so get nerdy. So much to look forward to in 2019. Mm -hmm. We're going to do just... an hour on midges. Nice. On their taxonomy, on their life history. On their long legs. What's up with that? Really? Well, they got crazy long legs. But they're, 
They're like a long-legged, hairy fly, hairy body. But not delicopoded. Mm. Well, I mean, we could do an hour on that, too. Does this Is this going to turn into like a systematics taxonomy podcast um, to further alienate some of our yeah, right. listeners? <laughs> I think all of our students would, yeah. They could do the podcast because they've just all run the gauntlet of that class. Yeah, I had one student tell me that it changed her. Mm. And the look on her face was... Um, it wasn't terror, but it was... It Beat was, down? Mm, kind of like, I think it's the look I would expect from somebody who has gone through basic training mm-hmm. with the Marines. You learn to comply. Yeah, yeah. What's that syndrome when you're just like... Stockholm syndrome? Stockholm, yeah, where, where you're you, just like... I mean, you're still alive, <laughs> but maybe to a lesser degree. We should ask Greg Courtney if that's part mm. of his uh, training. Is he just... Is a military style... What's that guy from uh, Army? Uh, oh, shoot, what, uh, he was a uh, full metal jacket. The you can't afford the, a diamond that big. <laughs> that's right. Does Greg? Do you think Greg Courtney, our taxonomist, just like he starts it? It's like your best day was yesterday. Give I'm me twenty. Break you down. Twenty different families <laughs> right now, off the top of your head. Let's go. Spelling counts. Your mama ain't here to side ID. <laughs> mm. Anyway. So, so that was the midges. I thought that was remarkable. That's a good fit. Fun insect trivia, Matt. Oh, but that is not. Oh, oh that's not even your fun oh, insect trivia. That's no. just that's mm. just insects in the news. That's just insects in the news, mm. right? And that was just me trying to um, flush out any new midge. I mean, we stuff. we now know a name for soybean gall midge. Okay. I don't know. It's Resilia maxima. Ooh. So is it a new species? Brand new. Brand? Oh my god, that's so cool. Never described or found anywhere else in the entire world. So you can imagine the two like midge dudes who, just, who their life is to describe the, yeah. the characteristics and the biology, ecology of these midges. Oh there, there was 15 in North America before in this genus. Now there's 16. Could you imagine? That's a significant increase. Got, what's the math on that? That's something like... You just accounted for over twenty percent. Yeah. Oh, there's so, there's very few in the world, in this genus. Said, uh, in this genus, mm-hmm. okay, Brasilia. What's that? Brasilia. And um, where are the other fifteen gall midges in North America found? Well, yeah. there's lots of gall midges, but just in this genus. Oh, okay. um, that I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That. Oh. Maxima because it feeds on soybean. Oh, glycine max. But also maxima damage. Yeah. <laughs> These plants are walking dead if they're infested with soybean gallmage because they're just going to crack off at the base. It's pretty devastating. Because you think like a plant, how many how many aphids could a plant support? Oh. Thousands. I mean, yeah, it would still be alive. Tons of Right? Yeah. You yeah. can have 20 of these maggots, and it's just bye-bye soybean. They just wow. crack off. And they're so tiny. Yeah, and they're I, so orange I, and cute. I mean, it's I, just like the cutest little mag you've ever seen, but it's destructive. You are not the same person. I'm pushing up my glasses now for everybody who can't see <laughs> me. The nerd alert went really high right there. They're so cute, these maggots. They're adorbs. I just pulled a muscle. <laughs> <laughs> Careful now. You who used to love the aphid. I mean, cornicles are pretty cute, but so are little tiny maggots. Yeah. It's it's bringing me back full circle to my master's degree. What was your master's on? Sunflower midge. Oh, oh, that, wow, that is really cool. Different, but kind of in the same way. They're yeah. just max. They just cause a lot of destruction. Like the plant does not like to be fed on by these maggots, so they they just cause these abnormal growths around the around the feeding. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that is really cool that you're coming. You're coming. I mean, uh, yeah. You're going back to the future. Yeah, and I didn't solve Marty anything McFly. then. And I'm not sure I'm going to solve anything now, but I'm <laughs> I'm interested in learning more. And and people want to learn along with you. I was getting questions, and I kept telling them uh, the the Iowa Soybean Association has their touring. They're asking me, "What's with this midge? What's it look like?" And I'm like, "Oh, please save these questions for when Aaron gets back into mm-hmm. town." I, I don't know. I'll be uh, talking about it a lot next month at Crop Advantage. I also um, gave a presentation about it at our ICM Integrated Crop Management Cro- Conference earlier this packed month. Packed audience. I heard it was full. It was it was a packed room. Usually People I'm not. I don't draw the big crowds, but this is literally standing room only. It was in your element. You, well, this is your wheelhouse. I just wish I had more information. I mean, like yeah. you said, people are just like, what, when, where, <laughs> how, you know, and, and I'll have a lot of answers, but we're trying. And the cool thing is that they can walk through the process with you. Like, what they have questions. Oh, they're going to help me because they're, they're sending me the observations about field history because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. unclear on why some fields are infested and some aren't. And so I'm trying to get more background to see if there's any trends. Oh, man. This mm-hmm. is, that's exciting. Science. Yeah. So, um, oh, so now you're going to do the fit. Can I do that? Yes, can I do please it? do. Because we got pizza coming. People don't know this, but uh, the semester has ended. Um, we're in this sort of weird limbo where, like, those of us who do research, we still stick around uh, after the teaching. Always be gone. working. Uh, n- never not working. No. Um, and you know what? To the students' credit, they're sticking around. So we got some pizzas coming in. We're gonna, you know. You've done this for a couple of years, Matt. You're very nice. Keep them here as long as possible, mm-hmm. um, and just say uh, thanks to the people who make us look good. Because we can't be out there all day counting aphids. I ain't got time for that. Bees. I don't have got the knees for that. So who can, who's gonna podcast if <laughs> in this air-conditioned, temperature-controlled uh, units? I mean, it's hard in here. Mm. You know, the lighting is dim. You know, sometimes the temperature. Gets a little out of whack, and I, I gotta take a sweater off. I know. Sometimes my water gets room temperature. It's frightening. <laughs> it's uh, it's not all emails and coffee in an ivory tower. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I was thinking, I got uh, I, to transition to our fun insect trivia. Um, so as you have kind of come full circle, going back to the thing that got you started in entomology, the midge connection. Um, I too, I too have have followed a journey that okay. is somewhat circular, maybe spiral, mm. you know, spiraling out or in. I don't know. But um, I got my um, my feet wet in uh, entomology, working with honeybees. Yeah. And uh, it's it's not an unusual story where somebody who has absolutely no background in entomology gets exposed to honeybees and then they're just sucked in. And that was that was me. Um, and then I went this route with entomology and pest management because I think that's just as fascinating uh, it touches on a bunch of issues and one of the issues that applied entomology touches on now is pollinator conservation so now we're back thinking about what we do in crop fields how that affects bees and this last semester I spent a lot of time reading up on everything related to pollinators pollinator conservation and agriculture and I found some really cool stuff I want to share that with you today. See what I just did? I saw the circle there. Yeah. You're good, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no self-esteem. <laughs> Constant positive reinforcement. But anyway, here's a chance for you and our listener to get some positive reinforcement. I'm going to ask you a question. 
Are we, are, do we have a technical problem? Okay. All right. What's the question? The question. Pull this from the literature. What, which, which of the following do bees prefer? Do they prefer sugar laced with caffeine, sugar laced with neonicotinoid insecticide, or sugar laced with chlorothalonil, a fungicide? Do you have to use the word laced? It makes it seem insidious. <laughs> so it's a pretty uh, common experimental design to set up little feeding stations okay. with uh, compounds um, mixed into the sugar, the mm -hmm. nectar, and to see how bees respond. And uh, you can do this a bunch of different ways, individual bees, put it out in, in uh, platforms to mimic a flower and study the response of bees mm -hmm. to these I mean, they, sugar I don't know if insects respond to caffeine positively or negatively, so that's interesting. Uh -huh. um, I haven't done the reading about neonics <laughs> like you have. There was no homework. Yeah, I mean, this is like a cold call here. So, mm -hmm. I mean, my th my instinct says they should not like neonics because that's bad. And then, what did you say the third one was? Chlorothalonil. Is that also an insecticide? It's a fungicide. It's a fungicide. Yeah, I forget mm. the Why would they like it or not like it? So, this is this is a real quandary for me. Yeah. Um, your question was, which one would they like the best? Yeah. I'm gonna see. No, I said which do which, yeah, which would they prefer? Sugar which would they prefer? Caffeine, neonicotinoid, or chlorothalonil? Um. Well, I'm gonna say caffeine, but I'm guessing that's not the right answer because mm. that's maybe too easy. But mm. I don't know why they would like the other things. Yeah. So, um, a little bit of a trick question. Well, uh, obviously. Yeah. the The correct answer is uh, all of the above. Uh, what? Don't make that face. Not cool. Come on. <laughs> You're a teacher, aren't you? That's not cool, man. Yeah, I guess that would have to have been an option on the. Or you could say D, all of the above. I, well, but then, it, then of course you go with that one. You know, that's the obvious. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's not as simple as what I just pointed out, though. Um, so there are a couple of papers that came out. Uh, one in 2017 by Lau Liao et al. Group out of uh, University of Illinois included St. Berenbaum, uh, titled Behavioral Responses of Honeybees to uh, Natural and Synthetic Xenobiotics in Food. And another paper in 2015 titled a little bit more clearly, Bees Prefer Foods Containing Neonicotinoid Pesticide. That's straight up. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate a title that, you know, kind of cuts to the chase. Yeah, you don't have to go and read all those crazy scientific details. But it's in the details that some interesting stuff comes up. Uh, so the, I mean, that's bad. What's that? that why, why would bees like to do that? Because it's like humans like cigarettes. I mean, why would it's, you like something that is going to straight up kill you so, um, or make you less yeah, fit? It's funny that you get to the cigarette thing because that's what... Uh, I got to that last night when I was reading up on this, and my wife was like, can you turn the light off on the device because it's bedtime? It's like, no, no, this is really cool. So one of the things that comes up uh, with these is, you know, they, it varies by dosage. Right? So with caffeine, there seems to be a sweet spot. And the authors note that it's a little bit confusing because too little caffeine, they don't notice it. Mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't care. Too much, and it repels them. Do they get like an eye twitch, like I what? do? When I <laughs> max concentration. It's true, though. Yeah, I get like like I get a headache Crazy if eye? I don't drink enough caffeine. Yeah. 
But then if I drink too much, I get a headache. But in bees, it seems like the same way. There's a, for honeybees, we're talking it's about a honeybees. Sweet spot. Yeah, a little bit of a sweet spot. Um, with neonics, it looks like um, from the paper by Kessler et al. 2015 that their data quote indicates that bees cannot detect neonicotinoids. Mm. Um, they're not repelled by them, mm. and yet they will prefer to feed on sugar laced with it. But in their words, it doesn't cause them to. It, it causes them to eat less food overall. It's so like a diet program. Yeah, but I was like, you went to cigarettes. So like you know, people talk about with cigarettes, it, it's a appetite suppressant. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and um, you know, people who get off cigarettes talk about oh god, you know, they gain oh, yeah. weight. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, it's curious that neonicotinoids hmm. based off of nicotine come out of tobacco. I wonder how far away caffeine is from nicotine. You know, like. Well, the- Oh, in terms of well, like receptors like and all. And, yeah. yeah, so this is the, the really curious thing and, and about honeybees is, you know, why would they have receptors for these things? Mm-hmm. Well, they're generalists. They feed on a bunch of different stuff. And it turns out that nectar is not just sugar. Nectar has a it's bunch of... Yeah, yeah, it's complicated. It's got a bunch of different stuff in it. And it can have stuff in it that are xenobiotics, things that are foreign to even the plant that mm-hmm. get absorbed through... Uh, uh, you know, when pesticides are sprayed or applied to seed. But the plant itself has put things inside the nectar. And some of these can be attractants and some can be repellents. It's not quite clear, at least to me, um, and I think it's fair to say it's not quite clear to a bunch of entomologists what the role of all those compounds are because um, some things are repellent, some things are attractant. You think, well, why would you want to repel something that you know is going to feed on something that is a reward. Well, mm-hmm. you d- you want to get the right pollinator, right? It's not you, for everybody, right? This is, everything. Yeah, not everything is mm. for everybody, as mm. they say. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's a really interesting kind of niche of biology, uh, yeah. entomology, plant insect yes. interactions that couples with some of the issues that we're facing now with applied entomology because these uh, compounds, these pesticides, can show up in there and. They don't always have a response that you would think. They're not often repellents. They can. There's evidence. Bees prefer foods containing neonicotinoid pesticides. Um, yeah, and it, it's a and it's an added wrinkle to this issue of you know how do we grow crops? How do we use com, uh, pesticides? And how do we do it in a way that keeps bees safe? Mm, um, that's deep thoughts. Yeah, and some really interesting work to finish this whole thing off is coming out of uh, Cornell. Scott McCart. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Uh, has looked at how fungicides and, and insecticides, specifically neonics, interact. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And this is really important in a crop like apples where they grow these crops with a lot of both insecticide and fungicide. A lot and of they need pollinators. Yeah, and they need pollinators. And um, yeah, it was really interesting mm-hmm. uh, you know, reading through a bunch of this stuff. Uh, you can find his website. Scott's got a, a couple articles summarizing some of well, I just described the cool. Lau and Kessler papers. Yeah. So that's the, is it fun? Was that fun? That was fun. Oh. Yeah, thanks. but you kind of tricked me, so uh, sorry. I'm still mad. Sorry. Just kidding. But you were, yeah, I mean, you were there. You were, you, you were, you're in the ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. It's cu- yeah you know, you know what grade I give you? You know what grade I give you? A B minus. I was just going to say B. Oh, good. Not a B minus. Hmm. Because it was a question about. About bees? Yeah. 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 All right. I'm done. Oh, that sound means it's time to go. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sorry, I thought so, I muted that stupid thing. You got uh, any upcoming events you're doing? Oh my gosh, Crop Advantage. Uh, I think there's eight or nine dates next month spread throughout the state of Iowa. From the northwest to the southeast, I'll be uh, I'll be everywhere, man. Speaking of bees, uh, is Randall Cass coming out with you on some of those? I days? think Randall's doing two locations <clears throat> next month, and um, I think he will be talking about pollinator conservation and awareness. Yep. Awesome. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got nothing. I got class starting up in the fall, or I'm oh, sorry, in the spring. Um, we got some 68, 70 students signed up for. Fundamentals of Entomology and Pest Management. With yeah, Dr. I'm co-teaching Eric. tropical agriculture again, so that's um, every other spring for me. Going so to it'll be uh, my spring coming Costa Rica. Up. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I don't get to go to Costa Rica this time, but um, th- the students will. Oh, no. It's the same week as the North Central Branch, so, yeah. And we're bringing, oh my gosh, we're bringing troops. Cincinnati. So many students So many people going. That should be a good time. Mm-hmm. All right, so Google us at Soybean Etymology to learn more what's going on. Aaron, never not tweeting. <laughs> at Aaron W. Hodson. Yeah, uh, of course, you can always email us the traditional way at O'Neill, O-N-E-A-L, at istate.edu. Aaron at E-W-H at istate.edu. Subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Casts, or just send us a letter. Oh, at like snail mail. Twenty one is it twenty one thirteen Pamel Drive, which is our on um, Iowa State University campus. Yeah, mm-hmm. ATRB. It'll find us. All right, Should cool. Cue the outro. Is this going to be our last one for the year, Matt? This this wraps up season nine. Oh, we're in the double digits. Season ten, one of the longest running podcasts in the scientific community ever can't take that away from us so we're going to do this again next year season number 10 when are we going to start january heck yes let's start let's do it okay let's do it for real okay bye bye